0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Mystery File. If you're fascinated with true crime and mysteries like I am, then this podcast is definitely for you. Each week, I'll be talking about some of the most intriguing and mind-boggling cases that are just stranger than fiction. Trust me, you won't want to miss these. On this first episode, we'll take a look at a really bizarre case out of Circleville, Ohio, that takes hate mail to a whole new level. From 1977 until 1994, A twisted maniac terrorized residents of that town with vile letters, signs, and phone calls. Some of the letters even contained arsenic. The writer destroyed countless lives and led one man to his death. No one has ever been charged, but evidence points to a seemingly normal local man named Paul Freshour. Why would a guy with a good job and no criminal record terrorize his own friends and family? Paul was originally from Grove City, Ohio, a suburb of Columbus. In the 60s, the Army veteran married a woman named Karen Sue and they had three children. Paul worked for some time as a prison guard at the Ohio Penitentiary that used to be in downtown Columbus. In 1968, he and eight other guards were held hostage for 30 hours by inmates during a riot. That terrible ordeal affected him deeply. He told the newspaper, I still have nightmares every once in a while. I feel I'm lucky that I'm well-adjusted, considering how close I came to death. Did that trauma he experienced cause him to go over the edge years later? By 1977, Paul and his family were living in Circleville, a small manufacturing town, about half an hour from Columbus, where everyone seemed to know each other and nothing much happened. He worked as a supervisor at Anheuser-Busch in Columbus, the same city where the anonymous letters were mailed from. The first person to receive letters was married school superintendent Gordon Massey. Dear sir, according to my girlfriend, you have asked her to go out many times and have asked the other female bus drivers too. Due to your position and their jobs with you, this must stop at once for the good of the school and families. Gordon's mistress. A married school bus driver named Mary Gillespie was also targeted. Mrs. Gillespie, stay away from Massey. I know where you live. I've been observing your house and know you have children. This is no joke. And that letter was tame compared to some of the others she received. Another one said, Lady, I know you are a pig and will prove it and shame you out of Ohio. A pig sneaks around and meets other women's husbands behind their backs only. How's your little girl? Will she grow up to be like you?" Once, the cycle threatened to put a blank in her little girl's head. Many other residents also received letters, including Mary's husband, Ron. Mr. Gillespie, your wife is seen Gordon Massey. You should catch them together and kill them both. He doesn't deserve to live. Paul's wife, Karen Sue, happened to be Ron's sister. The two couples were close, so Karen and Paul were told about the letters. The sheriff knew about them too, and he started an investigation. But the taunting and harassment continued. Gillespie, you've had two weeks and done nothing. You are a pig offender. Make her admit the truth and inform the school board. If not, I'll broadcast it on CBs, posters, signs, billboards until the truth comes out. Only pigs ride motorcycles. Good hunting in your red and white truck on your way to work. Clearly, the writer knew Ron and Mary well and their daily activities. Soon, signs started popping up on Mary's bus route with obscene messages about her young daughter. One night in August 1977, while Mary and Karen Sue were out of town, Ron received a call that angered him. He told his children he was going to confront the letter writer and sped off in his car. Minutes later, the 35-year-old crashed into a tree and died. The death was ruled an accident, but Paul believed that Ron was murdered because they found a gun under him with a missing bullet. Paul wrote to the FBI, I'm asking that you get involved in my former brother-in-law's murder because I believe it was a murder and covered up by the sheriff of Pickaway County here in the state of Ohio. He also told Unsolved Mysteries in 1994. The sheriff agreed with me it was foul play. Then when I called him again, he changed his attitude completely. Then he was telling me that it wasn't foul play. Interestingly, Paul and the Circleville writer share the same sentiment. One letter said there was foul play. They are still together, two teenage boys seeing what happened. You always use high speed for elimination of someone if you must get rid of them. You don't fire shots for drinking. The police lied. The writer also spoke about signs in restaurants in Grove City where Paul had a second home. In 1982, Paul and Karen Sue split up and she accused him of having a violent temper. They both had restraining orders against each other. The following year, Mary Gillespie found a crude booby trap on her bus route containing a loaded gun. Luckily for her, it did not go off. The police traced the gun to Paul. He claimed it had been stolen, yet he never reported the theft. The day Mary spied the trap happened to be the same day Paul took off from work, although he did have a strong alibi. Karen Sue told the police that years before, She discovered letters hidden in their home with the same distinct block writing style the Circleville writer used. It appears that she herself never received any letters. Could it be because she possibly helped write some of them? Karen Sue also said that Paul hated Mary because of her affair with Gordon Massey. Now Mary did admit to having an affair with Gordon, but claimed that it started after she received the letters, but no one believed her. Paul was given a polygraph test, which he failed, so he was charged with attempted murder. While out on $50,000 bond, Paul checked into a mental hospital, but told a local newspaper that he was in good mental health. He denied writing the letters or making the trap, but claimed that he, Mary, and four others wrote to the Circleville writer to scare him off. We did it four or five letters only, no violence in them. Paul said, just to tell him what we knew and that we knew who he was. He never revealed who they wrote to. During trial, the judge allowed 39 letters to be admitted into evidence because the writing was similar to that on the trap. Two handwriting experts testified that Paul most likely wrote the letters. The jury found Paul guilty of attempted murder even though his fingerprints weren't found on the gun or trap and a witness saw a man at the scene who looked like Karen Sue's boyfriend, not Paul. Paul was sentenced to 7 to 25 years and carted off to a Lima, Ohio prison. To everyone's surprise, the letters continued from Columbus, hundreds of them. The warden insisted it wasn't Paul because they checked his mail and he was strip searched But the sheriff, Dwight Radcliffe, believed that Paul was the culprit and probably had the letters smuggled out. Radcliffe also thought some of the letters could have been copycats. It seems like the only time Paul received a letter was when he was in jail. Fresh hour, now when are you going to believe you aren't getting out of there? I told you two years ago, when we set them up, they stay set up. Don't you listen at all? No one wants you out. The joke is on you, ha ha. In 1994, Paul was released from prison after serving 10 years. He wasted no time going on Unsolved Mysteries, the only Circleville resident who appeared on that show. All the letters, signs, and phone calls suddenly stopped around that time. In total, at least 1,000 letters were sent to residents in Circleville and some nearby towns. Paul professed his innocence for the rest of his life. He even wrote a 38-page document to the FBI asking them to investigate his case, but it's unclear if they ever looked into it. Paul claimed he wasn't allowed to view forensic evidence, but wrote, I believe every letter constituted an attempted murder charge. So how would he know that unless he wrote them all himself? He alleged that Sheriff Radcliffe, the prosecutor, the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation, and Ohio courts were all corrupt, and that they worked together to set him up for attempted murder all sure seemed paranoid. He wrote that Karen Sue lied about him to the police to get back at him after losing the house and custody of the children during their divorce. He also accused her of writing a threatening note to unsolved mysteries that said, Forget Circleville, Ohio. Do nothing to hurt Sheriff Radcliffe. If you come to Ohio, you obstacles will pay. Signed the Circleville writer. Paul outed a bunch of people in the documents and agreed with some of the allegations made by the Circleville writer. He called Gordon Massey a functional alcoholic. He said the coroner was a child molester. He said the sheriff was a liar and covered up crimes to advance his career. He accused Mary of making the booby trap, lying under oath, tampering with evidence, and murdering her husband, Ron. Mary Gillespie and Gordon Massey were afraid of Mary's husband when he caught them, Paul wrote, and they feared that he would do to them. This is a motive for murder. Mary Gillespie got by with murder thanks to the Ohio legal system. He really seemed to be obsessed with Mary, who happened to receive the most letters from the Circleville writer. Why did her affair bother him so much? Was it just because he was close to Ron, or was it something else? Paul also believed that the prosecutor did not indict him for the letters because they contained damaging information about him and other prominent residents. In fact, Paul accused the prosecutor of murdering a pregnant teacher to save his career. Yet Paul never once named the person he thought was the writer, which is strange considering he enjoyed pointing the finger at others. He died in 2012 at the age of 70. In a 48-hour segment about the Circleville writer, handwriting expert Beverly Ease analyzed 49 letters and compared them to Paul's handwriting. She saw quite a few similarities, like how the letter G was written. I would swear on the Bible that Paul Freshour wrote all of them, she said. 48 hours also revealed that Paul's fingerprints were found on some of the letters sent from prison. Still, the case remains unsolved. Next time, I'll be talking about a college student who vanished into thin air while bar hopping late one night. This disappearance is so puzzling that even seasoned detectives can't figure out what happened to him.